That was almost embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, right? A lot of wind. A lot of wind. <clears throat> That's something you can tell he's a good arrow guy because he's able to shoot arrows with a lot of wind. Yeah. What's up? I'm not going to do that again. Those trees okay, moving so, in the background. Yeah, I was out here just doing a test. Uh, All kinds of cross breeze. A test go just a second ago. Go. I think he ago. I think he hides a lot of his arrow skills. And I bet I he like calibrates for the wind. He, he gauges it with his like thumb. I shot everything off the target underneath it. But I'm feeling pretty good about what this is about to be like. Okay, let's see. If he gets a bullseye, we'll start the podcast. Oh, that was close. The outer ring. There you go. Hello and welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as ScottCast. I am here joined today with none other than fan favorite pod king Ian Dixon in our new throne room recording studio. How do you feel, Ian? Do you feel uh, properly pod king? Uh, I'm kind of uncomfortable just with how luxurious things are in here. (laughs) (laughs) Used to being like crouched over your... Little crappy rolly office chair on at the uh, the poker table, mm-hmm. and it's just like holy shit, man! I got a fucking recliner in here. And- yeah, I got a recliner. We're in my tiny little office with uh, my giant desk. I had to move everything in this office. Uh, it was a full day of sweat and torture mm-hmm. for myself, but I was like, I have this idea. Wouldn't it be great to talk to Ian? in a recliner while I'm at a desk. feels like a proper studio. Like we got all the monitors and like the, the backdrops and stuff in here. You look like, uh, like the last boss in like a nineties <laughs> SNES game. <laughs> where you're like, you go up the office building and he's like at the top and he's like busts out of his little suit with his muscles and beats the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, the desk looks that way, not yeah. me particularly. Well, I don't think, I mean, am, am I bursting out of this here shirt? I mean, I've been doing push-ups I lately. I mean, if you, were, if you were in 16-bit, I think it would you would look pretty intimidating. Yeah, all you have to do is like add like a perimeter of more pixels, yeah. and then boom, the guy looks ripped. Yep. You've been playing a lot of any SNES games with uh, the new um, Nintendo Switch you got? Kind of. Uh, the, the selection's not... Super wonderful, but I've been Wait. doing like the classic, like Mario stuff. I thought they shipped it with like all of the games. No, and I mean, maybe I was thinking more of like a Streets of Rage kind of thing, which would be like a Genesis. Mm. I guess like if it was SNES, it would be Bowser. That doesn't really fit what I was picturing. Yeah, well, there you go. So I'm not in a, and I'm not, I'm not in a SNES game. I'm in a. Genesis game. Yes. It's obscure. <laughs> Wasn't played as much and doesn't get as much uh, airplay in the zeitgeist today. Mm-hmm. Does it? Is there like a nostalgia for the Genesis? I think there is still, yeah. The Dreamcast? Not so much the Dreamcast. <laughs> <laughs> More like the Sleepcast. Am I right? Am I right, people? 
They think I'm right. Trust me. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Delayed applause. Yeah. You know, they're being polite because they see that we're in a power situation, mm-hmm. right? You know, and it's kind of hard to tell which one of us is more powerful right now because, yeah, I've got the power desk. Mm-hmm. I've got the, I've got the gadgets. I've got the water. Mm-hmm. I've got the soundboard and all. But you're reclining in a freaking plush chair, just like staring at me, being like, okay, do the work. Come on. Serve yeah. it up to me. You're doing the work and I'm calling the shots. Yeah. 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 So I'm like the second to last boss. And I think that's what makes you feel uncomfortable. Mm, could be. You know, you don't want to be the antagonist in, in a situation. Yeah. You, you're, you have antagony phobia. <laughs> Antagophobia. Uh, I don't know if that's a thing, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> you don't ever want to be the main antagonist of a plot line. Yeah. So and antagonizing is not typically my... Uh, my foray. Oh, right. You know, the antagonizing in general, but I think antagophobia in particular, if you're going to write it in the DSM, send this to send this to the people, right, will you? <laughs> yeah. If you would write antagophobia the way I see it, mm-hmm. it's particularly in a fictional world where the villain themselves does not want to be the villain and hates being the villain. So it's like a self-loathing villain. So it's... Purely in a fictional world, it's not like a real thing. I'm well, yes, <laughs> I think you could say that in several different ways. Okay, <laughs> it's not a real thing, as in no writer thinks about it this way. Mm-hmm. So it's not a thing in like some writer's handbook. No psychologist thinks this way clearly. <laughs> well, I'm not a psychologist, so it's like therapists. Therapist, one who studies psychology. I always, I always get tripped up when it comes to to words when it comes to that kind of thing. Yeah. Is it drilled in you from an early career to be like, you must distinguish exactly what you do? Well, I don't want to misrepresent uh, what I am, yeah. Okay. I am a therapist, but I'm not a psychologist. I get called doctor sometimes. I'm not a doctor. Like I, like I can imagine these conversations happening. Well, thank you, Mr. Psychologist. Oh, no, I'm not a psychologist. Oh, doctor, no, I'm not a doctor either. Why am I listening to you? <laughs> yeah, I get that sometimes. <laughs> they don't have that for like digital marketers. No. Like I don't even know if calling myself a digital marketer makes sense anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's what I do, but it involves so many other things, a lot of technical things like website development and stuff like that. Right. And it's such like a specific niche I found myself in. There's no noun for it. Like, I wish there was like a certifying body that I could just go to, take a test, receive some honors, mm-hmm. get a little badge attached to my name, like Scott Krause, DM. <laughs> oh, see, I told you, I knew, I knew this would happen. We'd get comfy and then Kyle would all of a sudden believe he's part of the podcast. He's totally being picked up. I can feel it. He wants, he wants in this chair. There we go. There you go. You want to share my mic, bud? There you go. So I'm now joined by fan favorite Ian Dixon and Kyle on the same mic. <laughs> How are you feeling, Kyle? Do you do you feel like uh, this podcast is going well? Do you think our vibe is good in this room? I think he does, because he never he's never wanted to interject himself so mm-hmm. forcefully into the pod before. He sat on the table, sure, but he's never like, "Shut up, Ian! I'm on this mic now." 
We taught you well, Kyle. We taught you well. So we're doing a live show next Sunday, next yeah. episode. It's going to be live. Can you imagine this happening live? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I have an inkling of how it could go. Yeah. Here's the deal, though. Like, technically, this is going to be the second live show that mm-hmm. we've actively promoted. The last, the first live show we did online, I didn't promote it at all. I just sent a link to Scott Science and Sabelle, called it a day. Mm-hmm. This one, however, I feel like we're going to go all out the same way we went all out with Scott Cast Live at Troma. It's been about a year. It has, yeah. You know, I think it was August last year that we did the Troma. I think day. it was two years now. Was it two years? No. It feels like forever ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was, yeah, I think. The fall of 2019, and then like, uh, oh wait, okay, 2020, part one occurred (laughs) (laughs) January through March, and part two, I think this is a four-year year. year. I guess that could be it, yeah, it feels. Yeah. So, I mean, at least Trump can say he got his second term, (laughs) right? That's a proper-ass late-night joke. (laughs) Jeez, I should be on NBC or something like that. <laughs> that's what that that's what that joke should be. I should be in a writer's pit for NBC being like, tell him to say this. Handing index cards off. Mm-hmm. So yeah, next Sunday, live. Mm-hmm. That's right. We're gonna have as many people as possible because we're gonna we gotta match trauma dance's epicness. Mm-hmm. You know? And sticking on theme. We are going to have a special robot joining us. Mm-hmm. Robot Bendy, the live version. Hello. That's right. We were watching some Robot Bendy earlier. Mm-hmm. He, uh, robot Bendy is learning how to play with arrows, bow and arrows. <laughs> to play with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you play with bows and arrows. Yeah, I don't dude. know if that's how you would uh, describe it, but yeah, I mean, he was using them in a way of uh amusement and fun yeah sure i don't think he i don't know is he preparing for hunting he said somewhere in one of his many bow and arrow videos that he's um aiming for the olympics Mm. that's right okay so that's sport yeah is sport fun are people in the Olympics having fun? Well, it's for entertainment. It's, yeah, to show off to other folks. and Broadly you know. leisure. Yeah. Okay. Competitive leisure. Yes. In the case of the Olympics, for sure. Right. And Bendy, he's competing with himself every episode. Mm-hmm. So be- Robot Bendy is going to be on pod with us on live stream. Sneaky D is going to be with us. On pod, on live stream. We'll see if I can get Master Charles in. And if we get Master Charles in, here's my promise to all y'all. Not only are we going to be live streaming on YouTube, but we're going to be live streaming on Twitch as well. Mm. We're going to be famous. We're going to become the next PewDiePie's. (laughs) Can you, can you, can you... He's the most famous person, apparently. Yeah. Like, I was listening to this podcast called The Rabbit Hole, and it was talking all about YouTube. 
and explaining the reach of YouTube. It's like 15% of all internet traffic is YouTube, Mm -hmm. which is insane. Yeah. And PewDiePie is the most subscribed person on YouTube by far. He has over 100 million subscribers. The New York Times has four. (laughs) (laughs) That's something, man. I don't know. I don't know if I uh, want that sort of reach, but... Right, but any fraction of it, yeah. and we can have a mild little career just bantering at each other. Can you imagine your entire life uh, sitting in a recliner, completely comfortable with Kyle the cat, just bantering about things that you don't know about and don't have to know about? (laughs) That's the dream. Yeah. I think. Kyle agrees. Yeah. I'm giving him pets, so <laughs> excuse the enormous pause. I that I gotta quarantine Kyle during Scott Cast Live. Mm-hmm. Or else this is gonna what's gonna be happening. It's just gonna be like I'm on the big square and there's gonna be a bunch of small squares around me of you people making noise, and I'm just gonna be like petting a cat. <laughs> because I have to, because he's incorrigible. Mm-hmm. He wants to join in on the pod. I need to get him a little mic, put it on the floor. He didn't respond to that before, though. He he just wants to commandeer other people's mics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a saboteur. <laughs> he listens to Scottcast and it's like, it's one of you people who's fucking it up all the time, and I'm gonna I'm gonna remove you until I find out who. But you're not going to interrupt Scott Cast Live, Kyle. And if you do, I think this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to like set up like one of my like uh, old laptops, mm-hmm. sign into sign into the room with it, just put it on the floor, right in front of like his little bed. Yeah, and that way he gets to be on as his own participant. Mm-hmm. So that's Scott Cast Live. That's happening August 30th at 9 p.m. ish. <laughs> Be there. Where can uh, Scott Castigators go to, to video that? Right. Go to the scottcast.com. There will be a link right there on the homepage. There already is. And if you want to go directly to it because you're savvy and you don't want to click an intermediary link, go to the scottcast.com forward slash live. Nice. It'll take you to the YouTube page. You can set reminders there for yourself if you've got a YouTube account. It's it's there for the taking. If you don't watch it, are you a true Scott Castigator? It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. Hey, uh, I love Scott Cast. Right on. We're about to be famous on YouTube like PewDiePie. I watched a video of his, like the latest video he's done, and it's 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 him watching a video. Mm-hmm. On, on YouTube, and he's reacting to it. Yeah. And it's five people who are gay and one who is not. Mm-hmm. And they all tell about their experiences. And and he has to pick out which one is a, the secret straight guy. Mm. I laughed a little bit at it. I didn't finish it. Mm-hmm. You have to 
play to like the lowest common denominator to get to 100 million subscribers. Mm-hmm. He somehow has found a way to do that. I don't think we will ever play to the lowest common denominator. We might have already maxed out our audience with like 20. Yeah. And I like that. Because those 20 people have a podcast they love. Yeah. It's kind of nice being uh, lost in obscurity. And it's, it's like a... Scottcast itself is kind of a niche thing, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, you don't understand because you don't watch Scottcast. And also, we can say anything we want and nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Um, that's going to bite me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's going to be the first thing. That's going to be the opening paragraph to the New York Times article condemning <laughs> small-time podcaster Scott from Scottcast. <laughs> Do you have space news? Do you know anything about space? Man, I've been scouring for news and... It's really sad. Like the, my news feed is all election shit and COVID shit. And there's like no space news. And it's very frustrating. Right. I just, just want like scanning for space. I need Florida man stories. I need some some weird animals showing up where they don't belong. I need some space news. You know what? Let's do it. Let's let's see if we can find space news on pod. I normally don't research on pod, but you know, if you can't find it. I mean, I'm sure maybe I can try. And if I can't find it, then we're in real trouble. <laughs> Going to access that AI robot assistant. Booting up. AI robot assistant. Give me space news. Blue Origins Lunar Lander is ready for NASA simulations. What's Blue Origin? Well, let's just play the sound anyway. <laughs> Space News. Today on Space News, Scott and Ian find out there are more companies who do space besides NASA and SpaceX. (laughs) Apparently there's diversity in the industry. Yeah. I don't think Blue Origin has a good Twitter account. Let's see if the Blue Origin Twitter account is uh, snide and sardonic like the SpaceX one. Oh, it is. It is a Bezos. It's a Bezos property. It doesn't need a Twitter account. That's what that means. I'm kind of embarrassed for these billionaires all competing in the same industries. Mm-hmm. Like, really? Like, at least Elon Musk's. It, it, it's kind of believable that he's one of the first people to tackle his thing. But now you're just keeping up with the Joneses and being like, yeah, I got a space company, too. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I got a space company, too. <laughs> like, if I had, like, an infinite amount of money at my disposal and I can make any kind of vanity company, mm-hmm. why space? I mean, I get it if there isn't another space company. Right. But there's another space company. (laughs) You know, SpaceX exists. Mm -hmm. And then there's NASA. We've been talking space news. Space news. For like a year straight now. And we've just come across Blue Origins as a concept. Yeah. Make a pogo stick company. Bring that back. In Japan, there's a company that's making flying cars. Now, that's a freaking industry I want to see made here. Yeah, why not? We were supposed to have that uh, in 2000, right? Yeah. Let me let me see if I can bring it up and show you. Yeah, they're pretty much like uh, drones, little helicopters, vertical takeoff and landing. Not the best driving sound. It's not as cool as a muscle car. <laughs> mm, I can get down with that. 
I mean, really, it's pretty much like a 3D printed helicopter. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it does not look sturdy at all. It's got bicycle wheels. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you're just flying around in the air, it's probably fine. I guess. I mean, it's not like you have as much uh, threat of impact unless, you know, everyone gets one. That's the problem. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That's kind of true with cars. Um, You know, so many of the safety features in cars weren't developed until later. Mm -hmm. You know, when it when we started driving them at like 200 miles an hour right next to each other. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But like the first few flying cars, like the first flying car in Hamtramck, I hope I own it. Mm -hmm. So I can just like hop to your place and back. (laughs) (laughs) When the bar's open, that's not going to be good. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, I don't know if they have any FAA laws about uh, flying while drunk. I don't know. Right. I mean, I know it's frowned upon for like actual pilots and commercial airliners, but if you're just like floating, you know, 100 feet in the air, it's probably not not a huge deal. There's no restrictions on like being able to fly drones. That's true. Well, I mean, there is, but only when you get a certain elevation. Yeah. It's just drones, right? Mm-hmm. You're pretty much you just you pretty much just have a drone that you're sitting on yeah. or sitting in. Yeah. There's no rules for drones. You can drive a drone drunk. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm sure 90% of the time, <laughs> drone drivers in the in the domestic sphere mm-hmm. are drunk. Crack a few buds, play with your drone. Yeah. That's how it goes. Sounds like a good time. <laughs> it's about the size of an Econo van. Mm. You know, maybe a little wider up top where the rotors are. It looks like a grocery getter. This yeah. has this gives, gives me hope for the future. I recently read news about probably these people. Mm-hmm. They got that prototype to actually fly like ten miles to a destination. Mm-hmm. It's coming. It's coming from Japan. I'm I'm really disappointed in Jeff Bezos. Is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, he had like drone. Well, I thought I had heard technology. Yeah, an idea about them delivering via drone a while back, and then nothing ever came of it. Right. So he had everything he needed. Mm-hmm. Like, like you want to compete with Elon Musk? This is how you make uh, those idiot Tesla vehicles irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yours, your, your little Tesla vehicle can uh, play elevator music because it's a funny joke, huh? Well, I can make people fly. Leonardo da Vinci can suck my dick, let alone Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. But Bezos is spending all his money on a forgettable space company. Mm-hmm. He needs to think lower, like a couple atmospheres lower. Yeah, stratosphere. I was never real good at uh, what the the layers were. The good sphere. Yeah, the one we're occupying, right? Right. This is my whole argument with space. Mm-hmm. There's profitability to each uh, atmospheric sphere. The closer it is to Earth, the more profitable. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos as a businessman should have seen this. If Jeff Bezos ends up listening to Scottcast, which might happen because I submitted it to some Amazon podcast directory. Okay. You know, I'm sure he uh, vets those personally. <laughs> <laughs> I hear he's a micromanager. 
That would be so awesome, though. He's just, like, sitting there, like, weird Jeff Bezos ripped because he takes, like, million-dollar steroids, like, with his little podcast player scowling at everything. Like, this is trash. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he's the final boss. That's true, right? We're just, like, the intro-level final boss. Yeah. Really. If we're looking at that scale. In this video game, I guess you're like fighting through my house (laughs) (laughs) and you happened upon ScottCast headquarters in the middle Mm -hmm. of a ScottCast session. You beat the crap out of us. Three hours later, uh, you do the same thing and it's Jeff Bezos listening to the episode where you beat the shit out of us. Like, what is going on? Oh, it's you. (laughs) Oh, my God. You know, we can develop this game, dude. We should. We really can. This is the beautiful part of the age we live in. You can make like a 2D fighting game Mm -hmm. based on a template. You just like color in the sprites how you want, design it. It's fairly easy to just publish it, make a 2D game, Yeah, side scroller, you know, beat the crap out of Scott and Ian planning a podcast (laughs) (laughs) and end up with Jeff Bezos. We can get this developed in a month. Sweet. If we get Master Charles in it, we'd actually have good art too. Nice. Like you should make the concept art Mm -hmm. and then we'll get Master Charles to polish it into 2D sprites. Okay. Boom. Nice. I'll be in charge of the easy part of putting it all together. See? That's why I'm sitting behind a desk. (laughs) (laughs) I think what got me in this mindset was uh, I watched a movie yesterday, Psycho Kickboxer. Ooh. And I think I sent you the cover art when I ordered it. Yeah, you ordered it sight unseen except for the cover art. Mm -hmm. Did you want to describe the cover art for our listeners? Oh, yes, of course. Let me bring it up. Welcome to another edition of Scott Describes the Cover Art. On this week's edition, we have Psycho Kickboxer. Psycho Kickboxer, five-time world kickboxing champion Curtis Bush in blood and gore galore on the cover. (laughs) (laughs) We have a man splayed in full kickbox action, fully three feet off from his own center of gravity in an apparent upward kick Mm -hmm. directed at a man arms splayed to each side head rocketing off (laughs) in a torrent of blood and gore Mm -hmm. it should be noted that the man who's doing the kicking is wearing a face mask and pajama pants and that's it and you purchased this immediately sight unseen online too yeah like, you got the physical copy, right? Physical copy. Of course. It's, it would be stupid for me to think you have a fucking... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if you can rent it to stream. I think you have to buy it. Yeah, that's something uh, I learned recently when uh, with Sinful Dwarf. Yeah. I tweeted at Walt Flanagan, hey, yeah, you can watch Sinful Dwarf on Amazon Prime. And then I was like, wait, can you? And I emailed you. Mm-hmm. And you said, actually, no, you can't, Scott. Yeah, that's really hard to find. I was like, oh, damn it. I had to rush off and uh, send another tweet telling Walt Flanagan to delete the tweet because yeah. he retweeted my tweet. Mm-hmm. I just wanted attention. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Psycho Kickboxer. Yeah. Uh, you you got it in the mail. It's VHS. It's a DVD. It's a DVD. Does it have bonus features? It's got a whole extra film. <laughs> 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 That's why you gotta love these, these kind of movies. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was shot on video, but it was actually 16 millimeter, but it looks bad. Really? It looks pretty bad. Um, like just poor lighting, poor poor oh, cinematography, poor, poor work. Cin- cinematography for sure. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, it was fun though. This is not a sound effect for the for the <laughs> for the thing, by the way. That was a car in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was pretty excited based on the cover. Although I had an inkling that the cover would not be played out in the film. Uh, it is like there's an animation of the cover in the title, like the um, the menu screen. Well, there you go. That's like right away so it knows why people get this. Yeah, <laughs> that was fun. That was the best part of the movie was the, <laughs> the menu screen. <laughs> and it's just that, except it moves and the head pops off and then the blood spurts. And that, that was fun. Well, um, worth it. The movie itself was... Uh, I mean, there was a couple head crushes. Okay. Uh, one of them was definitely a watermelon. Really? So, you could tell? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes me feel better about uh, uh, Scott Cast Live, the first edition, yeah. uh, speaking of. Yeah. So, yeah, they definitely ran over a melon with a car. <laughs> <laughs> I love these shitty practical effects. It's so good. <laughs> And there was one where a guy got shotgunned in the face and that his head exploded. And that was like probably the best effect in the movie. And those are both like early on. So I was thinking, man, the final boss is coming up, the finale, there's definitely going to be a head kicked off. And then it was just like a real big letdown, just kind of like really badly choreographed kickboxing match. And he just like punches a guy and screams... At the end, well, like, instead of kicking his head off, yeah. If he would have kicked his head off, it would have been a five out of five. Good, good watch. But as is, uh, I'm going with a two out of five. Right. I can I can diagnose exactly where this went wrong. Mm -hmm. I bet they filmed the whole thing and then commissioned cover art <laughs> from a different person <laughs> who didn't watch it yeah didn't watch it got the details of it and he had a way better execution just mm -hmm. off the cuff <laughs> oh okay psycho kickboxer very gory very dramatic very uh over the top so he kicks someone's head off right uh um well there's well head, not really but uh, crushes uh, kind of uh, yeah <laughs> damn it <laughs> Can we film? Can we film it? Film the scene again? No, damn it! <laughs> Curtis Bush is busy. <laughs> Can't refilm. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, if you know someone who owns Psycho Kickboxer, it's a fun watch, probably with friends. If you're like having some beverages and want to make fun of a shitty movie, yeah. But uh, wouldn't recommend uh, purchase. <laughs> <laughs> Even if the episode art was stellar or cover art was. Yeah. But uh yeah, I guess that got me in the the final boss mindset and thinking of how it could have been better. And maybe if Jeff Bezos was the final boss. I don't know, he he could use that uh that space money to pay for some practical effects and I honestly thought you were going for Jeff Bezos is about to get his head kicked off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, that would be good for the SNES game. I don't know if yeah, you can do that. That'll work though. for our, yeah. our platformer. We can definitely have like head kickoff, blood spurting. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And and of course, it might very well appear to be Jeff Bezos, but mm-hmm. it's, of course, a satirical piece. Right. Uh, any representation or likeness is purely coincidental. Just nondescript. Bald guy bald with bald a, a bunch of cardboard boxes around him. <laughs> <laughs> you think he does the shipping too? <laughs> like if he did all the shipping... Like if he did that all by himself, Mm -hmm. like he was just like this madman, like shipping out billions of packages a day. Like, (laughs) I don't think anyone even mind that he's the richest man in the world. Yeah. They'd be like, shit, he earned it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, do you want to get two day shipping or not? Okay. I'm okay with this guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's a beast. And this is the awkward pause where we're like, do we start talking about Marxism or do we start talking about farting? We brought up something kind of philosophical, but also head getting kicked off. <laughs> <laughs> Last few episodes, I've been doing episode art mm-hmm. for each episode so that uh, each episode has like its own little representation. Yeah. Your story here got me thinking, we need to have really good episode art mm-hmm. that's better than the podcast. Yeah. We got to have the episode art for this episode being you kicking my head off from across the desk or maybe through the desk. Into like a drone car and it goes through the <laughs> propeller. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of action in one little square panel, but let's do it. <laughs> We're going to hit all the levels of the atmosphere. It's me kicking your head off from the ground up into the whatever's next. Hits a drone car. Sprays your head bits. Uh, Jeff Bezos picks it up and ships it through space to some aliens who (laughs) open a box and they're like, well, it got here fast. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think we actually went down there and went through the rectum to get this? (laughs) Uh, And then in the background, a rhinoceros. Why not? Do we have some rhinoceros news? No rhinoceros news. Hmm. I just imagine uh, ever since I've watched Midnight in Paris and, and I think of Salvador Dali, mm. I think of him just randomly inserting a rhinoceros into everything. Because mm. that's what he does in that movie. He'll explain this giant, beautiful concept. He'll just insert rhinoceros. It looks like a rhinoceros. Oh, got a bit of pressure I need to put on you mm. from the Scott Castigators. Okay. Uh, they've been clamoring for an ick episode. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. There's one oh, S- stuck in it's, production hell. <laughs> I mean, it's it's right there. It's we just got to film the end. I've got ideas for other things. Another bad movie that we purchased sight unseen was uh, American Rickshaw. I don't know if we mentioned that on pod previously. I don't think I don't, th- I don't think we did. But American Rickshaw. David will tell us. I need David for that episode because he's our buff rickshaw guy. Oh, I think we talked about this after a pod yeah. once because I remember texting him saying, we need your buff body. Yeah. He said he's not a whore. Well, that's part of the gig. And also, we're not paying. <laughs> <laughs> we are prostituting him, though. Oh, are we? Okay. Yeah. Didn't, didn't realize that. Is that what the American rickshaw is about? A kind prostitute of, yeah. who operates a rickshaw? Uh, everybody who ran a rickshaw was definitely getting laid. Yeah, getting laid. And that's kind of how this guy got into trouble. 
some lady was like, oh, rickshaw me home. And he was like, okay. And she was like, oh, come in and tap this. And he was like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like a good reticent, <laughs> casual stranger sex. <laughs> yeah. And then it, like some guy was filming them and he found out and he was like, what the fuck, guy? And uh, turns out it was like the son of a wealthy preacher who was also Is this a porn or a movie? It was a movie. It's okay. an Italian film, so oh, treads the line. Um, but this porn slinger preacher's son also had some his foot in like some ancient Chinese voodoo magic thing. As one dies, yeah, and then that's where things uh, get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like really presented as like Chinese voodoo? Sort of, yeah. It's such a hodgepodge. <laughs> <laughs> like literally both sides of the world. <laughs> it, yeah, it didn't, didn't make a lot of sense. For, but that Italian film, so it's... Uh, That's where I draw ire too. A whole community of rickshaw drivers getting laid at every possible moment. No, mm. nothing wrong with that. That makes sense. I imagine if you're going to get into a profession just for like the tail. Mm-hmm. It's the one where you cart tail around, like, with your buff body. Yeah. Sneaky D, why wouldn't you want this? And we've got a rickshaw ready to go for filming. Uh, <laughs> and a client. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's single. He might, he might actually appreciate yeah. this. Yeah. It's been a while. It's COVID. We're, he's going to have to wear a sock, like in the... <laughs> <laughs> Like how they do in major films, they have like the flesh-colored sock. I think I watched some movie where they made fun of this. Mm-hmm. Like they were showing some scene where the, the, the actor was uh, faking sex and stuff like that. And then like they, they cut, cut. And then he just start walks away with like a weird bag on his balls <laughs> swinging away. <laughs> yeah. So um, plenty of inspiration for Hick, but... Uh, yeah, uh, admittedly, like filming time and, and uh, motivation for that has been hard to come by. I'll make it happen soon. Like make it like crime scene photos. Like uh, <laughs> like like it'll just cut out and like right at the end of the footage you filmed and, and it'll be like uh, six months later, <laughs> Ian Dixon was found. Because <laughs> it was like six months ago. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a month into quarantine, which was what? April. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> like in the video, you're like, yeah, quarantine's going to only last a couple more weeks. So while we're here. Boy, sure has been a rough three weeks, huh? Yeah. That's a job for you in editing too. Keep all my original audio, but we'll clip the part where I had the, like the time. Well, it was like three weeks and just put like seven months. <laughs> 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 like like not even changing yeah, the lips at all. <laughs> don't try to fuck with my lips, just dub it over. Yeah. <laughs> it is noticeably the only part in the video at a completely different volume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's that's fair. We're 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 gonna have a new Wick episode coming up soon. Mm-hmm. And then um I I gotta do a new sad episode. And then uh we gotta we got we got to make uh, put Stinky D back to work mm-hmm. to make another man episode. I forgot what he did. Man's a manly and awesome 
nutrition. Damn. Damn. David's awesome and manly nutrition. Yeah. Show. I want to say there was two N's. It's two A's. Oh. Awesome and manly. Damn. Mm. You need an extra A if you're really going to draw it out like that. Damn. No, well, without the... Without the vowel in the middle of it. Damn. <laughs> I think I did it good. Yeah. Damn. It's, it's difficult with just the two A's. Damn. Damn. Like, like the hyphen. <laughs> 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 Gotta throw in that glottal stomp. <laughs> <laughs> so Sabelle put me on a mission recently. Mm-hmm. Um, she has to take photos of uh, buildings around Detroit. And one of the buildings is out there behind Al-Haramin. It's, it's the medical place. Okay. But she doesn't know if it's open or not. So she sent me out there mm-hmm. uh, to take a look. And I've been, like, reading spy novels and stuff. So mm-hmm. I, like, took it upon me to make it, like, a clandestine mission. <laughs> you know? I dressed nonchalantly. Hiding behind bushes and shit, taking notes. Right? Walking there through the construction zone, <laughs> trying not to get found. Mm-hmm. Doing a zigzag route so I don't get tailed, mm-hmm. you know. And I went there, and uh, and the gate was open. And I took a picture of it being open. Mm-hmm. And then I entered the parking lot because I wasn't quite sure what building she wanted to take a picture of. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know uh, whether that was the last gate that would have to have been contended with. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so I walk around, and to my right, in a distance, there's a COVID tent. And at my left, there's a building. And ahead of me, it seems to be a forest. Out of the building storms a security guy. And, he, and he's coming right for me. We, we stop at a social, socially distant 12 feet. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm scouting pictures for Sabelle. <laughs> Damn it! I do not have the in- I don't have the integrity to be a to be a clandestine man. I gave her away right away. Yeah, you know. And then he, <laughs> and then um, and then he was like, "Oh, to take pictures, you're gonna need uh, credentials from." And then I was just like, "She's got credentials." I didn't know if she had credentials, and I didn't even like let him finish the sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As to. <laughs> So he was very suspicious of me and looked very suspicious of me. Mm-hmm. And then I said, well, I'm done here. And I just left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sped walk away. Put my uh, earphones back in mm-hmm. and listened to some uh, James Bond music. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've been reading a lot of spy novels and historical spy things, but I've also learned that uh, it's not my thing. It's not. Yeah. Maybe it's not quite. Well, uh, I don't know if we want to get into our... Uh our trek into the Tingleverse, but I know you were mentioning that uh, you felt like your raptor was really, uh, had kind of a Natalia vibe going on from Goldeneye. I'm not Natalia, Xenia Anatop. Xenia, I'm sorry. Yeah, Natalia's a nice girl mm-hmm. compared to Xenia Anatop who strangles people with her thighs. Yeah, we did get a uh, a romp into the Tingleverse in. Uh, we did. We, we finally embarked, there. broke ground mm-hmm. on our adventure. What was your impressions of uh, the Tingleverse? 
Um, I, I like the exploring aspect of it. I guess mm-hmm. it comes from that comes from the Dungeons and Dragons vibe because mm-hmm. it's uh, based off of that. Basically, it's yeah. a role playing game where we create characters and and uh, kind of portray them. Uh, the the party at the moment is me and Bronwyn playing uh, a Velociraptor and a Unicorn, respectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're both bad boys. It seems like you didn't get to fuck as many things as you wanted to. <laughs> no, because I kept killing the things, uh-huh. and I was pursuing quests. I think uh, I think you're giving me a more difficult game than you're giving Bronwyn, because it mm-hmm. seems like every time Bronwyn does something, mm-hmm. and you're the game master, uh, so, you know, got to put the blame where the blame's due. Mm-hmm. But it seems like every time Bronwyn does something, she, like, succeeds with reckless abandon, and every time I do something, it just leads to rabbit holes. And Well, I mean... You were rolling pretty terrible too. Like you were just trying to kill that librarian for <laughs> just an excessively long time. <laughs> That's true. Like my character was supposed to be like the instant kill machine, like just walks through town and can do anything at once. And for some reason, all the, all this rolling you're having me do, like I keep failing it. Like it's a D20 and I'm rolling like threes and fives. <laughs> and like I'm a Velociraptor versus this old librarian <laughs> who's not even right in the head and a dusty ass, not even funded library. And I can't even kill her. All I wanted to do was kill her because I wanted to find out if she was a ghost or not. Mm-hmm. Can't kill a ghost. You, you never ended up killing her. You just left her. <laughs> I tried to die, did I? (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) at a certain point, it's like I don't want to keep Bronwyn like (laughs) stringing along on this on this journey of like complete failure Mm -hmm. because like she has to wait for me to be done before we can advance. I feel like the ultimate goal is we we gotta go to this floating castle in the corner of the map Mm -hmm. and, and defeat this man. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Terry Pratchett? I don't remember his name. Yeah, so there's a guy we have to kill, I mm-hmm. feel like. That's the ultimate goal. Or is it an un- impossible goal? I mean, it's uh, it's kind of open. It's it's what you guys want to do. That's an option, but it seems like uh, right now at your current levels, that would not be a good idea. And you need like a wizard or a, a true buckaroo to kind of sense when this, this villain is present. Yeah, because we're bad boys. Yeah, you might need a, a bigger party to tackle that. I mean, I guess if I can't kill a librarian, what hopes can I do I have against the main villain? But hey, maybe maybe if I could just get rolling better. Yeah, I think it was... We had some flukes with the rolls, and I think I was calculating things wrong as well sometimes because it was my first foray into the, the RPG kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We're all learning. I don't know what I I didn't know what I was doing. So I, I just knew that like I had like one thing my character was designed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I was almost designed it on purpose that way, mm-hmm. so that when I'm playing the game, uh, we can like really get 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 a fast moving plot because it's like we know what this guy's gonna do next. Mm-hmm. You know, you had some good moments though. You uh, decapitated a guy and right. flung his head out the car. To lure some sky sharks around. That's right. Oh, that was that was actually the best. (laughs) 
that, that okay, that's my impression of this game. Mm-hmm. What I really like about it, and what I really think is super cool, and I wish Dungeon Dragons didn't have like such a nerd vibe about it because if you're creative at all, this kind of game is actually super fun because it's basically a, a live writers group. Yeah, for uh, some sort of fantasy story, and uh, people take turns. Basically, just uh, illustrating what their what their character would do in a certain situation, and like the first thing we did was this epic quest to lure away like sky sharks from a leather store. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and uh, it took a long time to get like everything that was really needed. Like I had to murder some people or something like that. <laughs> I don't know the details quite up, but it's written down too. So it's like there's this lore book mm-hmm. we, we're building up. And um, it ends with us like stealing a Ford Ranger. <laughs> 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 and uh, in like uh, in like barreling down a highway, flinging a head into a frozen lake. Yeah. And it works. And the sky sharks float off into the distance and we, and we return uh, to receive a bounty of gifts and rewards. A leather map that you... Could have got for free at the library, <laughs> apparently. Oh. But it's leather. Yeah. And he's a necrophiliac raptor. He likes leather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scottcast Live is going to be live. It's going to mm-hmm. be live broadcast to Facebook I think too, and mm-hmm. Twitch, and YouTube. So we're gonna be, we're gonna, have, we're probably gonna have to keep the Tingleverse at rest because this mm-hmm. is like a completely X-rated game. Yeah, you true. Know? Like I don't want like, don't like, want to get Facebook banned or whatever. Yeah, I don't want Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> to be prudish about us. <laughs> we'll probably have to do a little pause, but I really love the creative generative aspects mm-hmm. of I was wondering do you think we can uh, build like a game that we can play with uh, everybody on Scottcast Live that involves dice rolls hmm. checks for checks for stats I'm sure we could uh, well I mean that might take up a lot of time though I don't want to like take over the the pod with if anything we need something to take over the pod <laughs> <laughs> structurally I'm sure we could like uh Adjust things to make more of like a Hamtramck Avengers kind of RPG. Oh, sometimes you say things, and I feel like I was leading up to that. Yeah, but no, I'm genuinely, genuinely like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> didn't think of that. And it usually has everything to do with Hamtramck Avengers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I always, I always forget we made that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let's do a Hamtramck Avengers RPG. We're gonna need a game master, mm-hmm. you know. Well, we'll 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 talk about those details a little later. Yeah, we'll t- we'll talk about that off pod because that sounds detailed. But let's let's keep like little suspense going. Mm-hmm. Do you guys feel suspense over there in Scottcast Land, the auditory land? Speaking of Chuck Tingle, you sent me some <laughs> some Twitter uh, action or. Oh, I did. Him and uh, good old Jeff Goldblum were uh, having a little exchange. Oh, right. No, yeah, that was a that was on Reddit. Mm-hmm. There was some sort of Jeff Goldblum ask me anything mm-hmm. thread, 
And Chuck Tingle, his Reddit account, which I checked for verification, uh, popped in. Let's 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 just read it out loud because, like, yeah, you can't really get into the Chuck Tingle vibe without knowing how he's written. And honestly, I have a sneaking suspicion that you are in fact Chuck Tingle. Me? Yeah. Like this is all like a this is all a big hoodwink. Mm. I I wish I could claim that sort of genius, but uh, never been to Billings and. I've never been pounded in the butt, so it seems like at least two areas of expertise that Mr. Tingle has uh, I'm completely in the dark about. Well, here's why I feel like this might be part of your big hoodwink scam. Hmm. That it, Well, first off, you drew an exact replica map of Billings, Montana, so you can't <laughs> say you don't have expertise on Billings, Montana at this point. Secondly, I feel like Chuck Tingle kind of writes like you do sometimes speak. Like you have your, I'm a, I'm a real person and I'm talking. But then sometimes you have like this dialect mm. that if it's not just influenced by Chuck Tingle, might be that of Chuck Tingle himself. Here is a Chuck Tingle uh, writing a comment for Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should actually read it. Hello, handsome Jeffs. I am Dr. Chuck Tingle, world's greatest author of dinosaur stories. You are handsome Jeffs, world's greatest actor of dinosaur movies. I think it would be nice if we worked on a big-time show to prove love is real between man and dinosaur. I'm open to this discussion. Now I'll ask you what you think the most handsome dinosaur is. Lawyer dinosaur, bad boy biker dinosaur, or handsome doctor dinosaur? See? It just flows out of your lips like like you wrote it. You wrote it yesterday. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum responds, "Well, doctor, we obviously have a very magical connection. I love all your ideas, and I would say the handsomest dinosaur is handsome doctor. I mean, handsome is right there in his name. Final answer." Chuck Tingle, of course. Thank you for proving love is real in this important way. I appreciate this interaction on our timelines. I'm so thankful that we could share in this way. Thank you. I agree that this is the most handsome dinosaur. Thanks. That's beautiful, though. I think Chuck Tingle, with that one word, timelines, Mm -hmm. is pointing at something. Mm -hmm. You know? He's A, pointing that Jeff Goldblum is in fact in the Chuck Tingle universe now, officially canon, Mm -hmm. and that he does in fact think... The handsome doctor dinosaur is the most handsome Mm -hmm. dinosaur. Yes. And it's somewhat uh, implied throughout this that it's also Jurassic Park is real in the Chuck Tingle universe. Mm -hmm. So perhaps there's a connection there. Perhaps the handsome doctor dinosaur is in Jurassic Park. It could be. Right? One of those dinosaurs escaped the park, Mm -hmm. got an education. (laughs) Your raptor went to law school, right? My raptor went to law school. It's only he's only two years old, though. Yeah. So um, that's a lot of years in raptor years, though. That's a lot in raptor years. It's a very, uh, very tough, hard scrabble time, the Cretaceous. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, if you spend your time right, you know they develop fast and they live long. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
He spent his first two years in law school. Then he got amnesia and ended up in Billings, Montana, <laughs> where he killed a librarian almost instantly. <laughs> At least before he went to bed. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Chuck Tingle for you. Mm-hmm. A man I'm beginning to appreciate more and more. You think our timelines are now within the Chuck Tingle timelines and that since Jurassic Park is in the Chuck Tingle timeline and Mm -hmm. we are in the Chuck Tingle timeline, that we are in the Jurassic Park timeline? It seems that way, yeah. And since Randy from Trailer Park Boys is technically in the Scott Cast timeline in Sunnyvale, Mm -hmm. so Trailer Park Boys is in the Jurassic Park timeline with Scott Cast and Chuck Tingle. Yes. Good Lord. We're starting, we're like consuming all of the fictional properties. (laughs) (laughs) So that we can spin them off and incorporate them into our video game. Right? Yeah. Our Hamtramck Adventures video game. Yeah. Where people kick people's heads off and we're the first bosses. That's kind of, that's kind of a badass way for a podcast to make a video game, by the way, Mm -hmm. is like the first level you kill the podcast hosts. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because like there's always a there's always a pie chart of the people who listen to your podcast. Right. Mm -hmm. There's like the 20 percent who are like the vocal fans who love you and they give you praise. And this is like the only people you listen to. Mm -hmm. Right. And then there's the 80 percent of mixed feelings. People just checking it out. And then there's the people who hate you. And are so annoyed by you, but they can't stop listening to you because it's like they hate you so much. And they mm. just they just live that anger. Yeah. And like, let's make a game for these people. It's an audience. Yeah. It's a market. People who hate us, they consume us. They don't send any messages, but so I feel like they need some sort of cathartic release. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to raise your hand and say that you're a troll. All you have to do is get the game and play the first level over and over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> there you go you know something for everybody what I would do is I would play the first level and I would save right before the boss battle mm-hmm. so that you can just jump right back into it anytime you want mm-hmm. you know make that a separate file there you go and then they can have like a million save files all documenting the times you kicked our heads off <laughs> while we were sitting in our pretentious little throne podcast room mm-hmm. yes Oh, hell, Scott Casta. Glory be to Scott Cast. So what did we learn today? Um, well, it seems we have an affinity for, like, trashy uh, film and games and uh, that we'll consume other people's uh, intellectual property and make it our own, spit it out just a little bit different. Yeah. And that apparently that's how you uh, you run a business. <laughs> yeah, I do like the omniv- um, like omnivorous universe that yeah. we're creating. There's so much to to consume and replicate that. Why would you venture into space? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why are you bothering with space, Jeff Bezos? At the very least, that's what we learned, is that Jeff Bezos is totally investing his uh, rich man money wrong. He should Mm -hmm. be making flying cars. He's lost his creative touch. Mm -hmm. 
And now we have to wait for Japan to freaking figure out all the flying car bullshit before we get it. Yeah. We're going to be like 50 years old trying out our flying car for the first time. <laughs> we'll be 51 and dead. Right. Because we're going to crash our flying car. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we learned. All right. It's been a good podcast, huh? Yeah. I feel pretty good about it. I like the setup. Yeah. It's comfortable for sure. Yeah. I think this is only going to become more and more of the standard setup. Yeah. Going to get some more wall art. I've got Randy hanging there. I've got uh, the trauma dance uh, signed poster. Uh, I've got something from the dispatch. I've got an absinthe little poster there. Yeah. You know? And that's just what I'm looking at. What do you have to look at besides me? Got a little Jurassic Park thing hidden back there. Yeah. Got my uh, Bratzy art. That's right. And a large curtain. I can spot some Jerry's over there in the corner. Oh, yeah. There's always <laughs> hidden Jerry's. <laughs> it's like the herpes in this household. It just <laughs> pops up everywhere. <laughs> Can't get rid of them. All righty. So uh, take it away. Yeah, from the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scott Cast. We bid the adieu. See you later, Scott Castigators.